Thank you for tuning in to today's sermon, a message of comfort for Christians. I'm Femi Asabin, a preacher for the Church of Christ. Our scriptural passage is found in the first epistle of Thessalonians, chapter 4, verse 13, through chapter 5, verse 11. I hope this message brings you comfort and encourages you to continue walking as Christ would have until he returns and calls all of those who are in him back to heaven to live eternally. In this world of tribulations, it's comforting to get messages of comfort. And as Christians, we understand that the gospel is ultimately a message of comfort to those who are in Christ and a word of condemnation to those who reject Christ. And our final hope is in Christ's return, and that's why we do the things that God calls us to do, because we have an expectation that when Jesus comes, he'll take us back with him. And whatever we go through will be worth it. And there's comfort in that fact. And as we read 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 5, 11, we see that Paul is putting the message of the day of the Lord in this concept of comfort. It's a comforting message. That's how he starts it. For those who have died, we find comfort in the fact that those who are living and dead, when Jesus comes back, they will return with him. Find comfort in that message. That God has called us to eternal life in his son, Jesus Christ. Find comfort in that message and in the way that we're called, we will be saved. A message of comfort. And I'm going to read 4.13 through 5.11. And I want you to be comforted as Paul wants them to be comforted. And listen what it says. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if ye believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction come upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. 
Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on a breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. A message of comfort for those who have died and went on and are waiting for the expectation of Jesus Christ to give them the reward. And also for those who are living as God would have us to live in expectation that the return of Christ, as we're waiting for him, we will receive our reward. Comfort. In this world of turmoil and tribulation. And the comfort that we have is that salvation is something that believers will not be left out of. One of the concerns for the Thessalonian church was that what's going to happen to these brothers, these sisters that have passed on. When Jesus comes, will they miss out on their reward? That's a. Interesting concept because all we really know in this life is life. And death is the great unknown. And we tend to believe that once a person is dead, then they're excluded from everything that life has to offer. Because they're no longer here. And so the Thessalonians with this understanding are saying, what's going to happen to those who have put their faith in this Christ and now they're no longer here? And we know that this church was established recently. So what could have probably happened was that they had been persecuted and died under some adverse circumstances. Or it could have been that uh, some people had accepted the gospel in the older ages and the time in which Paul left, they had departed from this planet and the church there wanted to know what's going to happen to them and what Paul says is that this reward that Jesus Christ is giving us will be received by all when he returns and the guarantee for that salvation is the fact that Jesus Christ himself died and rose again And because God did that and Jesus Christ is going to do it for us. And we don't have to worry about those who have fallen asleep. Because they're going to get the reward. And it comforts us because we know that our loved ones who have fallen asleep in Christ. They will receive their eternal reward with us. We know that when we pass, we will not be left out from salvation. So we don't have to worry about if God doesn't return while I'm still alive. Because we have a God that is in control over death. And in so many passages in scripture, he testifies to that fact. God through 
Elisha brought back a boy who was dead. Elisha, the same thing. Jesus resurrected Lazarus. He brought back a 12-year-old girl who had died. Dorcas was dead. God has power over life evidenced in so many scriptures. And the life that he really wants us to have hold on is eternal life, which we have been given in our baptism. And the fact that Jesus Christ died and rose up again is what we can rest assured that our salvation is guaranteed. And we can find comfort in the fact that all those in Christ, whether alive or dead, will receive salvation. It's not something that we're going to miss out on. And that's a beautiful thing. Because some things in life have expirations. Life has an expiration. But our reward is eternal. And once received, it's assured because it's given by a God who cannot lie. And that's a comforting fact. And while we don't like to think about death, it's a part of life. Because at one time, one point, we're all going to leave this place. And while there's some belief that they thought that in the days that Paul wrote this, that there was an expectation that Jesus Christ was going to come soon and that there was a concern among some of the early writers of the Bible that they had not seen Christ's return, I think that that's an unwarranted assumption to put on the Bible. What I really believe is that they had hope that whenever Jesus returned, because they all acknowledge that they don't know when the hour is going to be, they had hoped that whenever Jesus returned, that the promise given to them would be received. And that's our hope. And that's why we perpetuate faith to generations after us, because what we really are trying to show, teach the youth, the ones that come behind us, is that we have a God who will bring me and you to heaven. And if our relationship is rooted and built in Christ, we'll get to heaven together and at the same time. You see the beauty of that? That when Jesus Christ returns, those who are dead will raise first and then those who are alive will be called up with them. At the same time, Hebrews attributes to this too. In the 11th chapter, he says, those who died in faith are waiting for us to receive the reward. What God is doing in Jesus Christ will be a one-time thing testifying to the unity that he's calling us all to. Comfort in the fact that if somebody dies in Christ, heaven will be their home and they won't miss out on it. But because we have hope, because we're comforted by the fact that when we die in this life on this earth, and if that happens before Jesus Christ returns, that we will make heaven our home. No, actually, he will make heaven our home. 
that also tells us that we have to be a certain way. Knowing that Jesus is going to return should also inform us that we should be ready for when he returns. It's interesting because Paul uses two analogies in which he talks about this coming of the Lord, this day of the Lord. The first one, which is a thief of the night. Many people do not expect a thief to come, except for if you're in a bad neighborhood. And if you're in a bad neighborhood and you expect there to be thieves, what you do, you prepare for that. You get yourself ready. So you make sure that your doors are locked, your windows are are shut. You might buy you a dog. You might put up bars on your, your house. You don't leave things out that look like it's something valuable because you are expecting somebody to break in. So you prepare for it. And what Paul says is we should expect at an unexpected time something to happen, like a thief in the night coming at an inopportune moment for us. And that should cause us to always be ready. That should cause us to put our faith in Jesus Christ, to live a life worthy of the gospel, knowing that Jesus is going to come one day. Because we know this, we live in the light because we have an expectation. But there are some who do not know this and they live in the dark. They have no expectation. So they're not going to be prepared when the Lord comes. They're going to do all type of things to appease their flesh. And when Jesus Christ returns, they're not going to get called up. They're going to receive his wrath. And the comforting thing about that for Christians is that at the return of Christ will be justified because this is not going to be some event that only a few people witness. Jesus's return will be evident to all with the trumpet blast, a sound signifying that Jesus is here and that everything that was testified to him in scripture was true. And those that did not believe will have to acknowledge the fact that Jesus is here. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, but not everybody will receive the reward of eternal life because not everybody is living in the light. Not everybody is walking according to the spirit. Not everybody is living with an expectation of the return of Christ, but we are And we find comfort in the fact that when Jesus returns, we will return with him. Faithful unto death will give us eternal life. We won't miss out on the reward if we die before Jesus returns. But we also know how we're to be in expectation of his return. And just like a child's birth, You can't stop it. Once those labor pains coming, everybody knows what's next. A baby is going to be produced. 
You can't stop it. You can't say I'm not ready. You can't say wait, wait, no. On its proper time is going to come. And no matter if you're ready or not, it's going to come. Just like Jesus. It's going to happen. And there's nothing that man can do that will be able to stop it. The only thing that we can do is live in an expectation of Christ's return. And when we live in that expectation of Christ's return, if we are living in faith, fulfilling the hope of the salvation, and living lives of loves, we will be doing what it is that God wants us to do so that when he sends his son back here to reclaim those whom are going to heaven, we will be ready. But it will be different than what the world is doing. We will be exemplifying, but probably being persecuted. We will testify, but probably being condemned because the world does not understand that Jesus is coming. And what some people are saying is, no, it's good times. We're living in what it says, peace and safety, when in actuality they're living in sin. And they think that what they're doing is okay because they like it, because it makes them feel good. But when in reality, it's going against the will of God. So people are living in drunkenness, rivalry, fornication, deceit, lying. But God's calling us to truth. Peace, faith, love, and hope in the fact that we will be in heaven when Jesus comes again. Whatever we go through, whatever we go through for the sake of the gospel, we can find comfort in the fact that if we're living according to the gospel, whether dead or alive, at Jesus' return, we will be in heaven. We find comfort in the fact that our loved ones who have submitted their wills to God's will and have gotten baptized, if they have passed on before us, that they will be in heaven with us at the same time. And we edify one another and encourage each other to live godly, to do the things that are right, to be prepared for this second return. Because we don't know if it's going to happen while we're still alive or when we die, but we do know it's going to happen. And because we know it's going to happen, we live expectant of it until the day that it does. So if we die... We'll know that when Jesus comes, we'll still hear that trumpet call. And we'll raise up out of our graves and go to heaven.
And if we're alive, when that day comes, we'll hear that trumpet call and we'll meet Christ in the sky. And all those who are his will be with him forever. Because we have lived our lives according to his word. We've been led by the spirit. So we comfort ourselves. We comfort each other with the truth, with hope, with love that Jesus Christ is going to come. And when he comes, we will meet him and be with him forever. I hope those words comfort you. Because this world will give us tribulation and turmoil. This world will cause us to doubt at times, question the validity of the return of Christ, because they'll say, if he's coming, why hasn't he come back? It's been 2,000 plus years since they say Jesus walked this earth. What is he waiting for? He's waiting for all those whom he's calling to get right. Because God's a patient God. He's a loving God. Said long suffering so that none will perish, but all be saved. And because we understand this, because we believe this, we should never take our salvation for granted. But we should be comforted in the fact that no matter when God comes back, when He sees His Son Jesus Christ to bring us back to heaven, that we will not be overlooked. And whatever we go through in this life will not compare to the joy we receive in the next. I hope that comforts you. I hope that brings peace to you in those times where you have tribulation. In those times when you're unsettled, I I hope that assures you and that you can put your faith in the fact that you have a Savior that is not going to forget about you even if you die before he comes back. And that no matter how long you sleep in the grave, you still will hear that trumpet call and meet him in the sky. And my prayer is that you have instilled faith in somebody else so that they will expect to see you in heaven with them. Because what we want to do is, we do want to be with Jesus forever. But we also want to be with, I would say, everybody we come across, but especially our loved ones. So let's try to exemplify the comfort that we have in the faith that Jesus Christ is coming for us and teach those whom we care about. I know sometimes that's difficult and challenging because you try to teach somebody something that they might not fully understand, comprehend, but never give up on it because they can make it to heaven just like you. And my prayer is that we all meet each other in heaven when it's all said and done. I'm not sure where that sermon leaves you. My prayer is that you will contemplate it and incorporate it into your Christian life. 
If you're not a Christian, I ask, what's stopping you? God sent his son, Jesus, to freely extend the gift of salvation to all who will follow him. To get that salvation, one must follow the example set out in scripture. The book of Acts, which details the church's beginnings and expansion, shows us biblical examples of those who were saved. A good place to look is in Acts 2, where you get Paul preaching the first gospel sermon and the response of those who believed after hearing his message. They repented and were baptized, which added them to the church Christ established. The Bible only teaches of one church, and if you want to be added to it, go to your local church of Christ and tell them and your desire to be washed of your sins and to live a godly life. Study your Bible, put its teachings to practice, and you will make heaven your home.